Good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann, and there we are at the uh, almost the end of November. We have this Sunday today and next Sunday, and then, wow, we go into December. But this is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and you know, I am aware that Thanksgiving is going to look different for many of us. We are having to do things differently uh, with the virus ramping up. Uh, as they say, we are on fire with a virus. I just pray we are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and to make him proud of us, to make him pleased with us. Now, how is it that we can think about how is Jesus pleased with us? It is we who are leaders making sure that we uphold, you know, what we can as far as the law of the land, that we uh, may not always agree, but that we can uh, show that obedience, whether it is keeping social distance, wearing a mask, uh, being cur courteous, kind, and considerate, and not trying to be rebellious. Because right now, what we just need is, is that unity of folk coming together for the betterment of the whole. And if we can be a part of that, if we can help others to not get this virus or spread the virus, then, you know, let's, let's put our best foot forward. Also, I want you to know, though, that I am sympathizing and empathizing with those of you who are, you know, really thinking about this holiday is going to be unlike any other holiday. Um, my family is under 10 people. And so at this point, um, we're not celebrating Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. We're going to combine it with our Christmas celebration. So we're only together once. Uh, we have rented a huge hall that totally separates us with everyone in agreement to wear our masks um, except when eating and those who are uncomfortable in our family uh, with eating and taking the mask off will will just simply step outside, uh, take our food home, come back in for gifts exchange when everyone's got their masks on again. It's trying to be as careful as we can possibly be because, you know, there are those in my own household who have high risk, you know, who we really would not want them to get this virus. So we have to be considerate for one another and we have to be kind to one another. I am so blessed, you know, in this past uh, week or so, going on maybe two weeks now, but my husband and I have had some, some things happen. He got diagnosed with bilateral pneumonia. They uh, kind of assume it might have been aspirating. They're not sure. His symptoms all lean toward the virus and yet they don't. Um, you know, one rapid test said it was negative. Some say you can't trust that. Um, I took a pretty bad tumble down our stairs. So I've kind of been um, kind of like in pain and discomfort for, I think this is like my, almost my second week now, but things are looking up. He was in the hospital. He is back out. Uh, I wasn't able to drive for quite a while, so I couldn't be with him, which was totally frustrating. But hopefully by this time, I'm able to at least make short little jaunts. So we do what we can where we are, and we be the best that we can be for those around us to bring them comfort 
and peace. All right, but well, we are in chapter 11, so let's get off of COVID. Uh, I want to wish you all a very wonderful Thanksgiving, however your family does it. And to those of you who are making sacrifices and not being with the family to help keep everyone safe, um, you know, thank you. It's that time of Thanksgiving. So let's thank those who really are watching out for our welfare. Uh, and that, um, you know, we pray that what we do is going to be beneficial to all of those around us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter all these years. Thank you for supporting me, those of you who have done so monetarily. Uh, without you, I could not continue on the radio. So I want to thank you for that. Again, you can watch my messages on YouTube and Facebook on Sunday evenings at 6.45 p.m. We've been having some really amazing uh, things happen during some of those uh, recordings. So we're just thanking God that He is with us. He is for us. He is not against us. He's the lifter up of our head. He is the healer, the deliverer, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So encourage yourself, my friend. Be okay to say, you know, thank you to yourself for staying steadfast, for continuing the good fight of faith, for not getting weary in well-doing. Um, you can be pleased with yourself and thank God that you have the strength and you have the health and you're able to help others. I mean, this week we are so blessed. We have had people coming in and every single one has worn a mask. They haven't even come in. Uh, the one, two, came in the house to drop off food, but they stayed in a, in a back room with their masks on, and um, they brought food to last for days. And it was wonderful. They brought laughter and stories with them. And, and everyone else who came to either drop off groceries, to bring dog food, they all came with the mask on and respecting our, our level of high risk. And they even just wear it outside. And, you know, that shows so much respect and support. And, and we are most grateful for their hearts, their love, their prayers, and for all of those even listening right now who were somewhat aware of our situation, for all of your prayers as well, thank you. Now let's look at Revelation 11. This talks about the two witnesses, and we're only going to go to part of verse 7. So let's read on here, folks. And there was given me a measuring rod like a staff, and someone said, Rise, and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it, and leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread it underfoot, the holy city, for forty-two months. Now, I want to talk to you just briefly because the temple, if you know, was built for the Jews and that and they go on and they're able to go into the to the end of the temple to to worship. But there was that outer court. And it, that if you remember when Jesus came and he was bringing his disciples to the temple and he saw that in the outer court, there were merchants who had set up their table to sell their wares. And Jesus became so upset because he said, my house God's house is a house of prayer. You will not make it a den of thieves. And he turned the tables over and all of their uh, pro products and produce went scattering all over because Gentiles worshipped in the outer court and they couldn't worship there because the merchants had filled in. So Gentile means a non-Jew. Now, there were two different kinds of non-Jews, if you will. There were those maybe uh, who were uh a, a non-Jew 
Gentile who was also, though, a believer of God. But there, there was also a Gentile who didn't believe. So this was, in this book, in Revelation, they're talking about the unbelieving Gentiles in the court. Because you may want to say, well, why isn't he protecting that like Jesus did, you know, back whenever he turned the tables over? Well, he did that for the believing Gentiles so they could have a place to worship. But here in Revelation, it is for the unbelieving Gentiles. Maybe you could say those money merchants who were out to get money, not to worship God. So he's said that that outer court is going to be taken over. And so that's what I wanted you at least to understand the difference. Let's go on to verse 3. And uh, John continues to say in his vision, he is told, I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now that is three and a half years, my friends. We are in the midst of the beginning of the tribulation. So these are coming toward the beginning of the tribulation, three and a half years. And they are allowed to have this extra power and authority from God. Uh, it says, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone desires to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone would dare to harm them in this manner, he must be killed. These have the power to shut up the sky in order that rain may not fall during the days of their prophesying. So they can pray that, you know, Lord, let there no be no rain. Let it be a drought for these three and a half years. Let them, just like Moses did, let them see your plague. Let them see that you have all control, even of the things that happen on earth. So they have the power to, to speak forth no rain, and it won't happen. So it also says they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Verse 7, in part. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them. And we're going to stop there. So what I want to share with you in our closing moments here in, in the next few minutes is that Number one, I want to talk to you about these witnesses. So these verses that talk about the witnesses in Revelation 11.4, that they're going to come and they're going to preach. They're going to proclaim God, the good news of the gospel. They're going to talk about you have this opportunity to accept God, to believe in God, and to get yourself right with God. So there's three and a half years. There we go again. God is not letting go of his people easily. He's giving them every opportunity to repent. The hard-hearted, they're the ones that are going to have to have these plagues to hopefully see that God is still in control. So the witnesses are referred to here as to olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. So what does this mean? Well, the Old Testament prophet Zechariah received a vision of gold of a gold lampstand and two olive trees, one on each side of the lampstand. The lampstand had a bowl and lamps into it, which the olive trees poured oil. And so, you know, oil is the pouring of the Holy Spirit, but olive oil was used in the Bible, you know, to fuel and bring light to the lamps. So the angel who was giving the vision to Zechariah said to him, look, this isn't going to happen uh, only by the Spirit. So Zechariah says, it is not by might, 
It is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts in Zechariah 4.6. So he identified the lampstands as the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth, which we just read about in Revelation. And listen, Zechariah got that vision hundreds of years before Revelation even mentioned it. And John's vision, but John's vision is confirming the prophet. So based on that, God's two witnesses can possibly be Enoch and Elijah, because they were taken up without tasting death, death on the earth. God took them up. And then, or it could be Moses and Elijah, because Moses was taken up to the mount and it was between he and God how he passed away. But we also know during Jesus's transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus became like transformed into this amazing light from heaven, came Moses and Elijah to talk with him. And the disciples that were with Jesus saw and recognized like who they are. They wanted to build altars. It was a most holy moment, but that was Moses and Elijah. And some of the things you're going to see at these trumpet judgments and forthcoming for these three and a half years are things that Moses did, right? And Elijah as well. They did plagues. They, like Elijah, he called down in 1 Kings 18, it says Elijah called down fire from heaven. So fire can come out of their mouth. Elijah knows how to call it forth. Moses has done plagues. He, you know, the water separated. Then they have the ability, who these witnesses are, to create a, a drought, to make all the waters turn blood. What a terrible time. I mean, we've already got the seals opened up. Almost all the trumpets are now, right, sounded except for the seventh trumpet. And here we have these witnesses coming. The earth is already in, in a bad way. Now there's a three and a half year drought and there's not going to be drinkable water. You're not going to be able to buy enough water bottles to supply you for the next three and a half years in this tribulation. It's going to dry out and they can create plague after plague as often as they desire to show forth the power and the majesty of God, hoping that even the hardest of hearts, the stiff necked, will come to believe in God. So what does Revelation 6 mean? So again, Elijah is able to say not to rain and it won't rain and to ask the rain to come back and it will. So God again is giving all of these people that's still on the earth a chance to turn from evil, to be protected, sealed, and saved. And with all of this devastation, it is going to be even a worse time on the earth. You know, folks, I hope that you really have given your life to Christ. I hope that you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that you've invited him to come into your life, into your home, to become your Savior, but it's also to become your Lord and ask that Holy Spirit of promise to come in and seal you in that moment. You confess Christ as your Savior, and you are God's, and God knows that you are, and you will be protected and saved in the end times. May God bless you. This is Pastor the Way in with treasures of the heart.